What I always thought when I got involved in the internet, I thought, you know, there were these anarchists at the turn of the century, uh, like uh, Rosa Luxemburg and Karl Liebknecht, and they used to have this group called the Spartacus, and both of them ended up dead under a, uh, just a hail of pre-World War II German bullets. But their idea was... Their idea was is that individuals were strong and spiritual enough to regulate themselves. That's a real sense of anarchy. You know, it's not throwing bombs and everything like that. That's entirely different. And, you know, nobody could prove it. Always everybody made fun of it. Now we've got the Internet, and the Internet proves the point. It's completely anarchistic. There's no governing body. Nobody owns anything. Everybody can say everything they want to. And I think it's a pretty good deal. I like the net. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the internet was initially designed by the Department of Defense. <laughs> well, gee, I never thought I'd have anything to thank the Department of Defense for. But sometimes from the minds of paranoid generals spring jewels. I mean, their idea was, well, what if the Russians were to take out the communication system and all of Indianapolis? <laughs> we should be so lucky. And... Then we just route all our messages around Indianapolis and we're still able to destroy the other part of the world at the speed of light, etc., etc., etc. And now it's turned out for a way for us to send each other messages and homepages and bore ourselves incessantly 24 hours a day. I'm really, really proud of it. Politicians are getting very much into the whole Internet thing. They're also getting into the CD-ROM and game world. It's true. Uh, the Republicans are releasing their own version of Doom. It's called... <laughs> It's called Dole. And, uh, and Newt Gingrich has a game out called Mortal Contract, which is doing very, very, very well. I mean, talking about, these politi talking about these politicians, by the way, I just want to mention that they're really, they figured out the real problem with what's really bringing the system down, and it's welfare babies. And their answer, of course, is to end aid to dependent children. It's quick thinking, you know, because it costs all of maybe $7 billion a year totally, which is the cost of about five B-2 bombers, them stealthy bombers. See, see the problem with the welfare babies, they say, is that they're born poor, they grow up in poor, crime-ridden neighborhoods, and they never really have a chance. So here's my solution. My solution is every day we load the welfare babies onto the B2s and we stealth them into wealthy neighborhoods where they grow up privileged, crime-free, productive lives. Yay! Oh. oh, look who's here, star of stage and screen, Miss Dot Duncan. I do the movie reviews for the internet. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes. I remember I was uh, making a film with um, Brian Ahern. Or was it Brian Dunleavy? <laughs> I'm not sure. It was one of those Brians with the mustache. <laughs> and then the name of the film was uh, Father Than Tomorrow's Son. <laughs> and uh, I had just broken up with Walter Slezak. <laughs> So, Lana Turner invited me up to her house in Benedict Canyon for a little potluck. She wanted to buck me up. So, of course, she always served that hor 
horrible tuna casserole. It was so dry, you know, with the potato chip popping on it. She really was lower class. And, uh, and Don DeFore, he used to stand behind her. She served it making gagging faces. <laughs> like And we'd all laugh and laugh. Of course. And then... Yeah. And then I remember I was making a film at Republica with a Chester Morrison. Or was it Preston Foster? Oh, I don't know. It was a fellow with brilliant teen hair. Very handsome, of course, very durable. But I had just broken up with Percy Kilbride. Oh, he was such a sophisticate. And, and my friend Spring Byington wanted to buck me up, so she just tossed me in the back of her roadster and we went down to Del Mar to watch the ponies run. And we'd laugh and laugh. Yes, of course. I remember... I had just finished making a film at Warner Brothers with um, um, uh, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> and, um, you know, he was so worried after bedtime for Bonzo <laughs> that he wasn't going to work again. <laughs> How silly of me. Anyone with half a brain could do the things that he's done. <laughs> well, and anyway. <laughs> so. So they wanted to buck me up. I had just broken up with Whit Bissell. <laughs> he was a big drinker. And... <laughs> so, so we went to the Brown Derby. And what we did is we wore little brown derbies when we went there. <laughs> yes. And... Um, <laughs> And then we, after we had ordered, we mimed eating our food until it came on, and we laughed and laughed. Oh, and, uh, and I remember I had just, I had just broken up with someone, and Farley Granger, a great and good friend of mine, he took me to a little boat on Sunset Boulevard. It was. Uh, the Mocambo or Cyril's. Uh, uh, I don't know what I remember which one else. At any rate, uh, I said, Farley, Farley, I don't know what I want. And he said, Dot, have the melanin season. <laughs> he always knew what I wanted. And we laughed and laughed. But I had just broken up with Mickey Rooney, you see. Oh. Not a lot of people know this, but there are three Mickey Rooneys. Yes. Yes, it's just like Lassie. So, so when one little man would get tired, they'd just bring on another one. And we'd all laugh. Yeah.
Uh, yes, uh, we have a Simon here and a, and a love heart. Oh, why? Any, by the way, do we have any desserts tonight? You know? oh. Anything available before they sing? I want a little something sweet because the music's so sweet, Cece and John, you know. Well, why don't you have a Napoleon? A Napoleon? Mm -hmm. What's that? Well, it stunts your growth, but it gives you an ego the size of an empire. Ah, get away. Get away. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Cece Loveheart and John Simon. Happy to be here in virtual and absolute reality all at the same time. Isn't ain't it a thrill? So, yay. We would like to do a song for you, and we dedicate this song especially to Peter Bergman and to men of his ilk. And as I look around the room, I see there are a few of you present. is beautiful. Bald is great. Bald is having a nice clean paint. Bald is wonderful. Bald is fun. It's the sheen of a bean in the sun. Bald is dignified and refined, like the skin on an infant's behind. Bald is fabulous, and I must confess I would share. man with no hair. Teenage feminine tails may wag at the sight of some shaggy stag. Tongues will surely drop to the floor at the flick of his thick pompadour. If his noodles got lots of curls, save that poodle for some little girl. But if his peak is sleek and is, so to speak, free of frizz, if he's bald, I'm enthralled, and I'm his. Here they come. Here they come. Here they come. Here they come. Glowing, beaming, shining in the sun. Peter Bergman, Buddha. Chuck Yeager, Captain Picard, Don Rickles, Louis Armstrong, Paul Schaefer, Kojak, Koch, Winston Churchill, Gandhi, Eisenhower, Popeye, Mr. Clean, Mr. T, Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Reggie Miller, Grant Hill, and Benjamin Franklin on a new $100 bill! <laughs> oh, I could get careless with a man who is hairless. <laughs> Bellum slick, I'll hotel him pretty quick. <laughs> A nice clean cranium, more precious than uranium. <laughs> if I see his noggins nude, I will surely come unglued. <laughs> oh, take me home, chrome dome. So you're no you're bald. Never fear, your career won't be stalled. Once you've thrown away that toupee, they'll compete for some heat in the hay. Once you've lost those ringlets, they'll say, baby, since we're singlets. What, no ringlets? And your singlets both get scrolled. 
head. I wanna get bald. John Simon and the Reverend Cece Loveheart. 